We're rolling jujitsu. We're rolling. I, I'm not going to sing. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Stop, drop, hand, roll. We're rolling. Yeah. I'm not going to sing Limp Biscuit, but uh, yeah, that's what that made me think of. Rolling, yeah. rolling, rolling, rolling. Mm-hmm. There you go. You've got to get my sing voice there. Mm. Oh, just bestow us with it more often. Like, I will. Uh, I just started thinking of jujitsu, of course. I'm like, bring it back, man. Rolling. Bring it back. Bring it back soon mm. and wrestling. Come on, we're nearly there, surely. Yeah, exactly. With that face. He's like, we're there. Please. Maybe. Yeah. Please, let's be there mm. soon. What's cracking? How's the week been? It's been good, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. Busy. The usual stuff. Mm-hmm. How's your week been? Pretty good, pretty good. I've been uh, reminiscing about The Last Samurai, hence oh, yeah. Rashido Brown. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's clicked. Tell me. It's clicked. Yes, yeah. all right. No, it's good. Obviously, it's a sick film. Obviously, it's another Tom Cruise movie. That's a sick obviously. film. Obviously, obviously. <clears throat> and um, yeah, no, I was just thinking, just thinking about it. There's that, there's that wicked seed we're in like the like the orchard i guess and just like cherry blossoms um that's right trees and stuff and then yeah and then it's just like life in every breath and i was like yeah life in every breath i've always i was like i don't i don't have tattoos probably will never get one but if i was ever going to get one i'd probably say life in every breath where would it be that's a good question i don't know maybe on the (laughs) exactly slapped on my head it's just right there it's like i don't know Put it, I don't know. I have no idea. Honestly, got no idea where it would be. I was like, yeah, if I have a tattoo, I'd be here. Maybe put it on the don't want to don't want to put it on the arm. I think that's a bit too obvious. Nah, nah. But, um, yeah, <clears throat> I think it's uh, I think it's a good message. You know, appreciate appreciation in the little moments, presence. Absolutely. And yeah, I was like, yeah, life in every breath. It's a long film. I seem to remember the Last Samurai. Hmm. All right. Yeah, but it's um, it paces well. It's yeah, it's just beautiful. Just goes goes by beautifully. Hmm. I'll uh, I'll have to add that to my list of uh, yeah, yeah. what seems to be Tom Cruise films to watch at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> have you yeah, seen this? Watch more. <laughs> the Tom Cruise film. Like, Tom Cruise film. Yeah, it's like I just assume that'll be that'll be the suggestion, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. What happens actually, when we get to the end of them? We just do them again. <laughs> there is no end. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> but you've you had some thoughts that got spawned and inspired by another Tom Cruise film. So don't you don't you be knocking? But uh, no, you watched Vanilla Sky. Yeah, I did, and uh, I really enjoyed the film. I know we spoke about it the other day, and there were moments that you you were thinking were a little bit questionable. And I agree with those moments, but the film overall for me, I enjoyed it just as much as when I first watched it, whenever it came out in 2001. 2001. That movie's no. Yeah. 2001. I was like, oh, it's in 2012 it came out, didn't it? Yeah. No, 2001. That's it. End of um, I, and I enjoyed it just as much. Wow. And, uh, and I'd forgotten a lot of the story, actually, so it was quite nice to reminisce, but... And I don't know why it came to me when I was watching it, but randomly it kind of, the thought came to me about, okay, bad things happen. 
but it's your response to those things that is important. And when I say bad things, I don't mean things that are out of your control. I mean things maybe like getting into an unhealthy relationship or getting into a bad job or having an unhealthy relationship with money or having a, a bad relationship with food or that kind of thing or you know just maybe not getting on with a certain sort of person and rather than thinking why do bad things always happen to me why am I so bad with money or, or just you know dismissing it like oh, I'm so bad with money oh that's just the way I am or oh it's because my parents were la, la, la. it's like that may be the case but I also think it's important to take responsibility for the situation that you might find yourself in and maybe look at your role within that situation, right? So it's not, it's not oh, isn't that awful that, you know, I've got into this terrible relationship and, and it, you know, isn't that other person bad? It's like, well, there'll be a reason that that's happened. And I don't want to get into the psychology of it because I, I don't know enough and I, I, I wouldn't want to claim that I know enough. But there is a belief system within that. There is a thought process within that. There is a what's called a core belief system where for whatever reason in your past, something has been shaped. And, you know, say you're bad with money. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of my way around it. But, you know, you might have seen your family struggle or you might not have been given the opportunities. But I think it's the way you approach say money or the way you you approach your um uh how how you how you deal with money or whatever it is that that is the key and if you do have a unhealthy relationship with whatever it is then maybe it is time to address it and and look at why and know that you can turn it around it's like an injury isn't it it's the the movements that we've done over time and the repetitive nature of what we do over time over the years and years and years that create that injury so it's the same with our thought processes and and you know the way we think day in day out year in year out is going to have an effect on our reality I'm bad with money I'm never going to get out of pain I'm always picking the wrong person yeah then that's probably right but there are ways to get around it you it's almost like you have to change your approach to that and it takes work and I think it also takes um realization as well I think it's not enough to say oh I'm just bad with money I think I think I think you have to I think you have to be uh oh you have to realize that there is an issue and it's not just the way it is mm. do you know Big what time. I mean yeah, yeah so that was what we was and it was just that whole idea of the things we do repeatedly will shape us and I don't know why it came to me after Vanilla Sky I guess because the main character Tom Cruise's character he got into an awful situation he was in a car crash but he created that essentially mm -hmm. didn't he mm -hmm. yeah. he created he created that entire situation by not handling something very very well and you could track that back to how he was and his upbringing and all that sort of stuff. So he played a role in his accident. And I guess that's where I was coming from with it. So and it just made me think of lots of different things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah big time. Fire is uh, 
You're there's right. a lot to think about, you know? Yeah, yeah there's, there's a few different bits in there. But, uh, but essentially, it's just, yeah, it's like that kind of, one of the things that makes me think about is uh, victim mentality. So if like, if you're just yes. accepting the bad situation as, as if it's always going to be that way, yes. and um, there's nothing you can do about it, it's like, well, no, <laughs> that's just, all right, fine. If you just want to live a mediocre, substandard life and just yeah. keep going that way, fine. Yeah. But um, like you said, there's something that you can do about it because there's always an element of something that is within your control. It doesn't matter how small it is, you can grasp onto that and then yeah. try it and, and work on it. And again, the other thing that you said was it takes effort. And it does. It always takes effort. It takes time. But at the end of the day, mm. anything worth having is going to take effort. So um, I think the example of money is a good one as well because there's... Um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, f uh, there's a lot of ne negative connotation with money, but the thing is, money just is. It's not. It's not like money is not the root of all evil. <laughs> it's mm -mm. it's like it can be if that's what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, is the you know which is the common phrase that gets thrown around, and um, conversely, it's not <clears throat> the root if you wanted it to be. It could be the root to your heaven. You know, so Absolutely. it's not. It's not evil and it's not um, heavenly. Um, it just is. It's just one of those things that you you make it what it is. So uh, then, like uh, the relationships that you develop with it um, could be because of how your family uh, approached money, and it's kind of ingrained to the extent where it's not consciously obvious to you, right? But yes. you have to. But then you start to pay attention to your behaviors around that thing and we're talking about money and then you start to say oh wait actually every time i get my paycheck it's already gone by the second week of the month you know like why mm. is that a repetitive pattern when and i keep complaining that i don't have uh, enough saved up for a rainy day and uh, then you want to start looking into so you you've noticed one thing like you said you've you've be, you've realized you made a realization and off the back of that realization is like okay well, what can i do about it is um, mm paying attention to how often it happens is like, again, you nailed it as well. Repeated behaviors is just, it gets ingrained. Um, in that injury example is a fantastic, I think that's a really good, um, um, what's the word? Oh damn, I've lost the word, not metaphor. Uh, when you, analogy, there we go. <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh he's, he's asking me, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't you ask me about that. Um, yeah, it's a really good analogy for it because uh, yeah, injuries tend to happen most commonly um, you know, they're called like idiopathic or they're, they're built up over time. And then you just one day, you know, if it's a back injury, you bend over, you go to pick up a pillow and then you just throw it back out. Like, wait a second, that's never supposed to be like, I'm not fragile. So what is that? It's like, you know, bending a paperclip millions of times over the same spot until it finally, finally snaps. And, um, and so, yeah, you've baked in all those movements, which are abhorrent for a long, 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 long time. And then you're like, oh, I'm fragile because... I can't pick up a pillow. It's like, no, everything leading up to that moment has brought that on. And then similarly with these behaviors, you ingrain that thought pattern over and over and over and over again without really um, noticing it. And then you, you, know, you might wonder why you're broke all the time. And uh, so then you, then you start to, well, the fact that you start to ask the question is an important thing you start to pay attention to those behaviors, see what kind of trends you notice. And then you're like, okay, well, I can intercept that. You know, I can change mm -hmm. that up because I've become aware of it. I can decide to do something about it. And, um, and something like, um, 
something like money is like, yeah, there's a lot of it is within your control. It's like, okay, yes. you might not be able to demand a pay rise, but then is that any good if you haven't uh, addressed the behaviors that you have with it, you know? is um, uh, So if you're like, all right, I need a 10%, I need a 20% pay rise or something, but, you know, are you are you actually going to do something with that or because can you trust yourself because you haven't changed the behaviors that are uh, keeping you uh, keeping you in the situation that you're in so it could yeah it could be a small thing it could even be like all right instead of spending it all put a tenner away you know every yeah. every week or every month and then you then you know that you can do that thing then because you know you can do that thing you're like, okay maybe i can make it a little bit more ambitious you know yeah. it's like start small and then building up from there and um, and then there's a lot of things that come from that. So instead of playing victim, you're like, okay, I've taken control of the smallest aspect of it that I can, and I've actually started to build on that. And now that I'm building on it, um, you you develop a sense of agency. You know, you're like, oh, I'm I've got control over my situation more than I thought I did. And it doesn't take a lot to realize that. Like we just pointed out, you can do something as tiny as yeah. I mean, we're just using this as an example. It, it can be for anything, but it's like you're just putting Absolutely. a tenner away a week and then that builds up and that builds up and builds up and you're like, okay, right, um, I've shown that I can do this and what else can I do? You know, what else? Uh, that agency you get, the confidence that you get from it, the um, uh, your uh, agency confidence, yeah, autonomy uh, as well is another one. And then just mm -hmm. that sense of whatever comes your way, you can... You can start to handle it. So you're building up your resilience while you're doing that. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, there's so many things that come from just taking the smallest action to get yourself out of a situation which you think is beyond your control. And yeah. um, and also, like, you know, using the Vanilla Sky example as well, it's a situation he's got himself into. Now, if you address, okay, it's like, fine, there's consequences and they've mm. been had, but you can still come out of that better because those consequences can be a massive teacher for you um you learn off the back of that and you're like okay well i don't want that to happen again what do i need to change to make sure that doesn't happen again and then um and then you can build from there absolutely um and as you were talking about that it kind of reminded me about how i gave up alcohol uh, it's a couple of years ago now and before i gave up i and it's an interesting uh, thing as well is that when I tell people that I've given up alcohol the, one of the first questions I get asked by people that don't know me is was I an alcoholic and it's like no I wasn't an alcoholic I just noticed that that was a poor behavior of mine and I didn't like it but it wasn't for a while it wasn't until it, it started to build up and and I noticed that I didn't like my behavior around it and I didn't like how I felt the next day so it's almost like it has, sometimes has to get to a point, I think, with people as well, where they're sick of their own behaviour. Um, and and I was very much sick of mine. I, I was nowhere near on the scale of an alcoholic, but I was at a point where I was like, I don't like my drinking. So there was probably some sort of, maybe you would say, psychological addiction there. And so I think the first thing, as we've been talking about, is realisation. It's It's... It's getting to that point where you've noticed and then it's getting to the point where you want to do something about it as well. Um, and I, I never for one second thought that I would be able to give up. That was number one. Um, 
And so I thought about it for a while. Yeah, I thought about it for a while and I mulled it over in my head. And then I, I read a book. And, and this is one of the main reasons that I am into neuroscience is because of this book. And the book was called This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. And miraculously, once I read the book, I gave up. And that was empowering. Amazing. Yeah, it was. And, and I never had the intention of giving up at all completely. It was, it was never my intent. But I just sort of, I didn't put any pressure on myself. And I think that's one of the main things that really helped me is that I didn't put any pressure on myself. It was almost like a, a life experiment for me. Can I do it? Let's see. And once I got a couple of weekends out of the way, and I realized how amazing I could feel and how awful I was feeling when I was drinking, um, that kind of spurs you forward. So it's much like what you were talking about with money, like you put a little bit away and you notice how you've got more opportunity to do things. And that was like me with, with alcohol. It's like, as soon as I gave up, it gave me the opportunity to, there was never a thought in my head of, oh, I can't go here because I'm gonna feel bad. It was like, yeah, I can do whatever, whenever. And I'm always present. I'm always here. And if I feel tired, it's because of something else. It's not because my body's struggling to try and process alcohol. It's it's something else. So mm. that in itself was empowering. And that propelled me forward. And, and it just got to a point over time where I felt so much better that I didn't I didn't want to drink it anymore. And even now, like it's I, I'm still like people ask me do you think you would or if you're on holiday or when you're out and obviously I can't comment because we can't do any of those things but in my head I'm like I, I don't think I'd want to I've got to that point now and so I, I think if anyone is listening and they are struggling with something and they've noticed that pattern and they are realizing that there is an issue I would say absolutely read the self-help books whatever it is that you're struggling with and and if that's not doing it there's nothing wrong with going to get a bit of therapy and and looking at it like that we would go to an osteopath right to to get our our injuries looked at so it's the same with if you're struggling with some sort of thought cycle and thought process there's nothing wrong with going to talk about that and understanding unraveling why you might have got to that point I was very lucky in that I got I was able to do it with a book, but if a book doesn't do it for you, then there might be another way. It might be maybe talking about it is a is a better route. Yeah, absolutely. There is. There's um, yeah. There's a way out. Always. Exactly. If you want to, though, if you yeah, want exactly. it, and if you yeah. want it badly enough, I think there is. Mm -hmm. If you are, and I think it, it is that if you want to change enough and you want to change your situation enough. I think there's always a way out, but I think you've got to notice first and then put in the steps. And it doesn't matter how long it takes you, just keep making those steps towards that end point. Exactly, exactly. Because in terms of it doesn't matter how long it takes you, is like, I mean, that's just that's just life, right? Life right. is gonna take as long as it takes. Exactly. And, uh, and you're always, I mean, it's kind of, it's one of those things where if you're not like uh, expanding your horizons, during during life in whatever way that is again it can be a small way it's like mm. not like it's not like tackling the biggest world problems or anything it's like whatever it is to you uh, if you're not expanding your horizons then you actually you actually moving backwards it's uh, you just don't feel good so mm. doing those doing those little things which are 
essentially end up being big things for yourself because yes. of you know it's literally affect like it's compounding interest effect on your own life um it's always it's always worth it it's always worth doing the oh, small things i can't even tell you yeah it is worth it yeah. and i think it is also like try not to think about that big thing that yeah. you need to do because i think from experience that that will push you into overwhelm it's like day by day small steps if you regress, don't worry. As long as you feel like you're heading in the right direction and you still want to change that situation that might not be serving you anymore, then you're going to do it. It's like I said, my, my little boy came into me yesterday and he was like, I've only read two pages of my book. I should, sh I should, have, read, I should have read 100 pages by now. And I was like, why do you think that? And he's like, well, I just And I was like, well, did you enjoy what you read? Yes. Did you understand what you read? Yes. Well, then you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where you need to be. And I think that's important for our clients and for anyone listening, not just, you know, with a, a book or whatever. It's like, did you get something out of that today? Whatever it might be. Did you feel better about it? Did you enjoy it? Yes. Well, then you're exactly where you need to be. doesn't matter about that end goal. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head there as well. It's like you set your end goal. You set that big, high, hard goal to achieve. Mm. Um, but as soon as you know what that looks like and you know what it feels like to get there, put it aside because that doesn't matter anymore unless you do the small micro actions that are required every single day to get to that place. So the yes. only goal then that you should have is the one that requires you to take action on every single day. And mm -hmm. um, that's it. Just take action. Do that small thing you know, with, yeah. uh, with your son. It's just... You read a couple of pages, great. You're a couple of pages better off than before. Like, don't yeah. put your, like, don't put the pressure on yourself with should. It's I know it's, it was that like should it's, thing it's again. Yeah, it's useless. You know, I'd like uh, kind of had this conversation with a client as well. It's like, mm. right, if you're stalling on, if you're stalling on your goal, is it because you actually want? Do you actually want this thing, or you feel like you should have this thing? And uh, so I was like, look, I'm not interested in getting you to some place where you where you think that you should have it because mm. that's going to be met with a ton of resistance. I'm only interested in getting you where you want to be, like genuinely. So, you know, in a lot of cases, like what you want and what you should have are going to be the same thing. Mm. But, uh, but at the same time, it's like it's, you shouldn't go, you don't want to go for the thing because you feel like you should have it. You want to go yes. for the thing because you actually, you actually want it. And yeah. um, it can be, it can be confusing as well because in... Uh, because it could be like, you know, in our world, it's like, uh, like people want to lose weight as well. So it could be yes. like, I want to lose weight because I'll be healthier. It's like, okay, but if that's not important enough to you to do that, then don't kid yourself because you're not going to, you're not going to achieve it. Mm. And, and so if you keep stalling on that, it's like, is it because, you know, like, are you stalling? Sorry, if you keep stalling on it, and then yeah. you have to ask yourself the question, is it because I actually want this thing or is it because... I feel like I should have this thing. Should, yeah. Yeah. So don't, like, uh, at the very least, make them be the same thing. So, because um, yes. it's, yeah, it, 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 there's no point in going for it, even if it's like, even if it feels like it's going to improve, improve your health, but it's, it's not worth, it's, it's, like, just, just don't bother. It's basically, yeah. it's basically it. It's like totally you, you, you could, yeah. you could come up with, you could come up with so many reasons why it's worth it. But if it's not speaking to you, if it doesn't inspire you, then you know what? Even if your life is on the line and you really don't want to do it, then yeah. fine. 
But, You're not going to feel great when you get there either, are you? So well, well it's not the thing feel is, great. it's like well, you're pretty much you're just not going to get there. Yeah, because it's uh, it just it just becomes too it's just like too difficult. It's like it's very rare to actually get there um, when you're making a goal which is not aligned with who you are and what you genuinely want. It's something crazy mm -hmm. like. Um, the stats I've heard about goal setting are like, like you know, ninety-two percent of people who set their goals don't get their eight percent success rate. It's like you ask yourself, wow. why is that? Yeah. And, and a big, a huge chunk of the reason is because it's not you don't value it enough. It's not in line with your values. So don't bother doing it if it's not something that you care enough about. Do you think it's also that people? Actually, when they think of, or when they realise the amount of work required to reach a goal, do you think there's a bit of that in there as well? Like people fall by the wayside because actually, the whatever your goal is, whether it, it's a health goal or whether it's a professional goal, there's always work. There's always a phenomenal amount of work required to get to that that end goal of whatever it is that you want to achieve. And actually, to put in that time and dedication, also when you're not sure. If you're going to reach that goal you think you are then i wonder if people do fall by the wayside because of that as well what was that last bit say that again if um you think you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna ask me to repeat something i'm like oh, i don't know uh I've said, I've said it it's out there i don't remember it, I can't, Is it... I can't remember. was it wait what was it um if you're close to achieving it possibly like even if or that you don't you don't know whether you're going to achieve it. You oh. with any goal that's big, right? You know, say say okay, so say you want to buy a house and you're not quite sure how you're gonna get there, but you're starting to put in steps to get there. You don't know if you're gonna get it, but you're gonna work hard and, and my I guess my point is is that maybe that's not a great example, but some people might fall by the wayside when it's like, oh, it's too much. Mm. I'm never gonna get this, I'm never gonna do it. Or if your weight loss goal yeah. is is a big one then mm. it takes a lot i think to to yeah. to create that and yeah. i wonder if people no, by the way so when they realize the amount of work that goes in yeah fully it's um no you're 100 onto it uh, onto something there uh, yeah because when you realize like you know the size it was uh, what's the line is like um how do you eat an elephant <laughs> one bite at a time <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, yeah, your goal yeah. is an elephant. It's like this four or five ton creature or however freaking big an elephant is. Yeah. And, um, and you know, what, you're going to down it in a bite? No, that's never going to happen. You're going to... Not like, even four. Exactly. I mean, what, as human beings, we eat like two kilos of food a day maybe. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and the thing weighs four tons. That's <laughs> it's like, do the whole thing. It's like, okay, take, yeah. take out the bone structure, but whatever. You've got like a couple of tons of meat there. Yeah, great. Okay. Yeah, so it's gonna take a while. What? Yeah, this this could take a while. And yeah. uh, how are you gonna do that? You're just yeah. gonna have to take it a bite at a time and just keep going until the thing is done. But no, you, yeah. um, you you're onto it because you there's yeah, there's a lot of things that I can you know, I wanna I wanna delve into with that. So the size of the goal. That's why it's important to park it and just to focus on the micro actions. So we've, we've mentioned that already. Then we talked about it last week as well, visualizing the outcome, right? So yes. you're making it more real as you go along by visualizing the outcome. So yeah. it's like every time you take a step forward, 
towards towards it. You've completed an action. It's you taking that step forward to the goal of becoming a reality. So you can build a stronger vision around that. You're like, oh, I'm actually working towards this thing being a reality, right? And the size of the task definitely throws people off. But one of the things that keeps you on 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 task on point is to celebrate every step of the way, right? So. You're on the journey and you're like, oh crap, uh, this is overwhelming, but how do you combat overwhelm? You only ever focus on doing one thing. You forget about everything that's um, not related to the goal or you forget about the things that are not immediately important to that goal. So again, go back to that micro action, that one thing that you need to do every day. And then every time you do complete the task is like, you know, I did that. I, I managed to move forward. Give yourself that little celebration. Give yourself that win. Mm-hmm. Because every time you attach um, a reward to the action that you've taken, it balances out your nervous system again to be able to take more action. You're readying yourself for more action. And you're yeah. preparing yourself to be able to accept more action as well. Whereas if you don't do that, the, the effort feels like, grind and then mm. you feel like you're always going against something is like i need to move forward but it just feels so hard it just feels so hard but you can have the exact same problem but it, because you've been rewarding the step-by-step process you're like okay what's the next thing what's the next thing so instead of it feeling like resistance you're like i'm ready to take on the next challenge yeah. so it's about changing the perception of the amount of work that is required it's seriously just accepting that it's going to require work and then celebrating each step along the way and creating that visual of what it feels like to achieve that goal so that you can actually make it a lot more likely that you can achieve it and then conversely is um, keep reminding yourself of where you're coming from because you don't want to be back there yeah you're just like don't want to be there this is not happy there that's why i've decided i want to uh, uh, get this get this thing achieve this thing so you're like oh shit i don't want to be here oh wow i've got this thing over there that i'm really happy to uh, that would mean a lot if i get there keep that connection to it keep celebrating the actions that you take every single time along the way and uh, that will help change the perception of the amount of effort that you take because the effort's going to be the same but mm-hmm. how you perceive that effort changes your likelihood of uh, executing on it yeah that's really nice that's really important um, I think also I, I, I'd like to add, don't be, don't be scared of failure as well. There are going to be hiccups yeah. along the way um, and, and try not to let them mark your progress. Oh, it's all gone. Sorry, yeah. I'm not going to do it. It's like, yeah. and I think I had that when I gave up alcohol. It was like, it was almost like ticking off every weekend was my own intrinsic reward. It was like, look, Good. I've done it again. I've done it again. I've done it again. And by the time two months, six weeks, two months, three months came around, it it was just empowering. And there was never a sense of failure um, with things like sugar. <laughs> I don't have quite the same um, resilience. But, you Give know, that's, to me. <laughs> that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. Can't give it up. Um, but yeah, it's like, don't be afraid of, uh, the setbacks and failures because they're going to happen. And, yeah. um, it's again, it's like, up. yeah, that's it is like dust yourself off, get back on with it. Cause 
it's uh, they're they're your greatest teachers as well because it just shows yeah. you where you don't don't want to be going. It's like they help you course correct, right? And yeah. Um, yeah, in a way, yeah, you kind yeah. I mean, like in a way, you do have to be a little bit of a psychopath as well. You have to literally be like every bad thing that happens. Like, nope, I'm spinning that around and I'm making yeah. that mean something positive. Because if you don't, then you're just going to keep taking those punches until one day you're going to get punched out and you know you're out. Yeah, knock you down. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you just want to be. You just want to be like Rocky and just like ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And you just keep going and you keep assigning positivity to. <laughs> The failure you're like yeah i learned something from this and i'm going to keep keep going and we can record that uh, clip for anyone that wants it of gorinda doing the rocky uh i want to say soliloquy i don't know why but it is. <laughs> it is i mean like the whole thing is like two minutes long like, I well we can, we'll record, we can record a soliloquy for you <laughs> yeah for the hardcore for the for the hardcore fans out there if you want that soliloquy just just write it <laughs> I want to send it to the tens and tens of you <laughs> who are listening and watching. I can, exactly. I can, I can personalize it as well. I'll say your name and address you. And, and that can be yours, free of yeah, charge. Exactly. Um, That's it. To anyone that wants it. Yeah. I think I just have all that you have to do is just tell, tell people about the podcast and then it's all yours. There you go. I do think I have you doing that on video somewhere on my phone, I'm sure. Really? I can't remember. Yeah. Might... You okay. sent me many of those things. I don't um, know. I get lost. I get confused. Yeah, <laughs> You're like, been... did I? Yeah, because it might have been for, well, it might have been on Instagram because I did it for my boy Robbie when he had a, he had a, uh, uh, a white-collar boxing match. And then oh, so nice. I just did a whole bunch of speeches for him. Just <laughs> It's like part of, the, ready. part of the prep. Part of the prep. Um, yeah, it was a couple of years ago. Jeez, yeah, it was a couple of years ago now. It was like March wow. 2019. Holy crap! Something like that. Some time ago. Still yeah, do the speech though. Still do the speech. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Getting get, getting back on point. It's uh, it ain't about. Yeah. Hard, yeah. Gotta, gotta keep gotta keep rolling forward. Keep and, going. Um, yeah, that's it. It's, it's just failures. Just like I mean, obviously it's gonna knock you. It's like sometimes it just happens. You just get fucking winded you're like oh my yeah. god i can't believe this has just happened but you know dust it off your brain learns from it, your brain learns from it. Yeah. You, you learn from all of that yeah. and and yeah. you know that you won't go back to that it's all a learning curve when you're trying to change something that's ingrained within your body or within your within your reality it's it's going to take time and it's going to take those knockbacks it doesn't just happen yeah. perfectly 100 overnight it, it, you're changing a fundamental thing about you so yeah don't be too hard on yourself i think as well yeah big time exactly it's just um and a, and a good way to do that is um to pull yourself out of the situation so mm -hmm. you've got, you're, zoom, you're zooming out and you're looking at everything you know how you know, a couple of weeks ago we were just talking about how i just laugh at myself when i realize i'm being a dick yeah. to myself <laughs> you yeah. know? Like i get angrier and then i just start laughing because it's like yeah. there's a level of awareness that starts getting built in there yeah, yeah that has been built in now and uh, so, you know, I'll just have a little go at myself and then I'll just start cracking up about it. <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> and then no, it's just, good. Instead, it's really yeah, good. So instead it's like, and that, and that kind of triggers me to zoom out. As yeah. Well. So I just pull out a little bit and I go, 
all right, what's going on here, really? And then I try my best to figure it out or if I need yeah. a conversation to be like, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking about something. Can you just color it for me with ask me questions, whatever, you know, something that yeah. triggers you. That's why it's good to have good good people around you to to be able to just ask oh questions. Oh, my God, yeah, absolutely. It's interesting to say that you say you get angry because I know when something's going on with me, I'll get agitated and then I'll cry. And then, and it's almost like when I cry, it's not like a, it's not like, oh, it's, it's almost like it, it just purges whatever I'm feeling out. And then, mm. and then I feel better and then I get clarity. So yeah. everyone has different emotions around, I don't know, whatever it is that you're, you're struggling with. And, and I think, I, I don't think I'll be alone in that. I think a lot of women would probably, you cry out of frustration sometimes as well. So, and then that gets it out. And then once it's out, you can suddenly like do that out of focus and then come back in. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. like, um, it's kind of that frustration is also, it's a, it's a necessary condition of uh, high performance as well. So, mm. because if you're getting frustrated about something, it's a couple of things is like, you know, you care enough mm. and, and then it's just, you're actually on the cusp of something important there as well. Yeah. You can kind of tell because, you know, you can probably, I think with almost like, you know, hundred percent accuracy, every time you've cried about it and then you've come out of it on the other side, you come out better, right? Mm. It's like you've, you've figured out, okay, I've got that frustration out of yeah. the way I've, uh, I've learned from it and I've learned from the thing that was frustrating me and now I'm, now I'm back, mm. on, back on track. You gain clarity. And I think crying or any big emotional outlet is hugely important because it, it releases that pent-up emotion in your body. And, and I know and from when I used to do cranial sacral therapy, with, with I didn't do it, I'd, I'd have it done to me. A lot of the time after whatever emotion was stuck in my body, it would come out as, as just like, almost like angry crying and then once it had gone it had gone and it was like it was like instantly I felt lifted I don't know if you've ever had that or ever had like an emotional release um yeah. from cranial sacral but always with me it would be about a day later and it would like it would it would be like it was bubbling up and then it would just go and hmm. I'd love to know if anyone listening has had similar situations or experiences because I, I don't think I'm alone in that feeling of release when you get that big emotional feeling and then it just goes and then you feel no. you feel light yeah no not at all yeah I'm, I'm have you ever had anything like that maybe not that but have you ever felt like a a big emotion bubble up and then it just goes when you've had stuff like that even in kt i would have thought mm. yeah yeah no it's happened it's like um especially when i was doing some breath work classes and um yeah oh, some, okay. yeah some like uh yeah just some fascinating feelings like come out of that it's like um yeah i've seen it happen to people as well as like mm -hmm. diaphragm release work or just you know doing a bit of like getting into getting into the abdominal somehow and then yeah some people can store some emotions there as well you can just start crying and you're like i don't even yeah. know why i'm crying it's like it's fine it's don't great. worry about it it's yeah. the best thing it's awesome it's like when people say sorry i'm crying it's like no 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 apologies here. It's the best yeah. thing for you. I'm so happy that you're crying because it means that we've got somewhere and that you're yeah. feeling a release. That's awesome because I've had that when people, when you start working on people's breathing and getting it away from their chest into or away from their shoulders into their abdomen, 
there's some big releases and uh right and it is and i think yeah, it's so weird that people find crying it's like, oh i'm really sorry i'm crying and i do it as well and actually it's like no it's beautiful my son does it sorry i'm crying it's like oh it's great get it out it's brilliant i think more people should cry <laughs> just some Go cry on. sessions i'm not going to do it now <laughs> now right now cry <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'll start saying some awful stuff about you just to try and induce it. <laughs> You're shit, Jude. You're never going to be good Don't make me come enough. over there. <laughs> You're just going to fucking shin me. <laughs> sweep my legs from underneath me with your yeah. Muay Thai skills. I'll be like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take the piss. I'm, I've been put in my place now. You can make me cry. It's okay. <laughs> but you'll pay for it later. <laughs> That's what, that's what that sounded like. <laughs> but I will get you back. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make you cry. Make me cry? Yeah. You're going to make me cry? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right. So you're just going to come up here and just, just yeah, that's it. The other point is to make you cry. I don't know you're gonna start cre creating a list of what you think all my insecurities are and just start reading them off one by one until you get a reaction you'll just be like uh your eyebrows suck <laughs> no that didn't quite work uh you're fucking fat and old <laughs> no that didn't work either <laughs> no let's not make each other cry <laughs> can you imagine the podcast is five minutes of us <laughs> crying yeah, that would be, um, that would be something. Well, it would that'd be something, be, actually. It would be, be good. It yeah. would be powerful is what it would be. Yeah. Exactly. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, uh, <laughs> yes. So in actually in like emotional, emotional releases. Yeah. Just like, I think, I mean, a lot of issues that we end up um, having, even physical issues can come down to emotional emotional pain as well it's like yes. holding holding on to holding on to stuff is just is uh, yeah i mean like one of the fascinating ones is having an emotional release for me personally it's like i've had an emotional release or something or like you know from that breath work for example and it was just right. like i just feel so expansive and light like you know you've just had something sitting on your chest just come off and you're like i didn't even realize i was wow. experiencing that you know um yeah so there's um, there's yeah, there's a lot of power in there as well because you said it you nailed it it's like you start feeling light you can feel taller you know you feel i call it like decompressed you just yes. feel like you've let go there's no pressure within you which is weighing you down you're able to uh, you're light on your feet float like mm. a butterfly that definitely but you feel mentally lighter as well like you mm. can almost it's, it's like the calm after the storm isn't it you can just mm. think a bit clearer it's not as bad as you thought it was so you know when you get in your head and 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 that's when maybe the crying might start and and then afterwards it's like what, what was I crying about and and I think that's beautiful because it means that that's gone you've released mm. that emotion that thought um from your body uh, and yeah. I, I, I'm all for people crying in sessions and having releases in sessions because it, it means that we can, we can move on and that that's going to help their pain. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> I, just had, I just had a vision of just like just people showing up just to cry in your class now. <laughs> that's not what I do. This is just a side effect of what happens. Not always as well. But, you know, right, fine. Well, that's fine. It's let's talk about it. But I think that's part of our job as well. It's like I know we're not therapists in any way, shape, or form, but people do come in and <clears throat> it's almost like they need to talk before they do the movement. Otherwise, if mm. they're trying to move when there's stuff on their mind, forget it. So I guess in a way, getting them to relate and stuff, or if you can see they're agitated, actually trying to delve into it a little bit, which I guess over the years I've got quite experienced at, you can kind of tell if if someone comes in and they're, they're not they're just not right then you need to get that those words out because otherwise they're just not they're not going to have a good session um yeah, fully. yeah i think yeah. so i mean like the amount of times i've like you know you got an, you got an you got the set you got a plan for the session for your client and then um, when i was seeing people face to face so you know they come through the door and you're like oh something's not right um, mm -hmm. and then you go okay i'm gonna have to scrap what i had planned for you because <laughs> like, i can see like from whatever kind of day you've had your stress is like through the roof yeah and if i do an intense session with you that's just going to push you beyond a level that you can actually handle so it's not going to happen yeah yeah because even though it's a good stress on the body doing exercises like, it's still a stress so your your recovery is going to be shocking so it was yeah like, okay well i'm gonna have to adapt that bring it right down maybe you know get them to get in tune with the here and now rather than being in the state that they're in and just you know like one way of doing that is like focusing on the breathing or just keeping it light and then and then building back up from there yeah that's really good i was going to ask you do you feel that you uh have a level of intuition with things like that i know it's quite it's not easy to tell when someone walks through your door how they're feeling but do you feel like you get that intuitive moment where you're like there's just something off there's something not right do you do you have that mm. yeah good question i think well it's easier once you get to know your clients a bit more right so it's like straight off the yeah. bat it's a little bit tricky um to know if somebody is just like let's just say a little bit scattered just as is uh -huh. um to begin with or if they're overtly calm uh, on the other end of the mm. scale um, but then, you know, you get to know them a little bit, like, oh, okay, you're, you could do with being G'd up a little bit more, or you could do with um, being brought back down a little bit as well, or mm -hmm. try and ingrain some focus in you or something. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of it is just the more I learn about the body and how stuff in that stuff that we're holding on to, like mentally can affect how we function physically. Then, then it becomes easier to spot that kind of thing. Yes. I know, I know. If I would be intuitive around it, I just try and pay attention to the signals. Is yeah, is basically it. Okay. Cool. Mm. Well, what do you think? No, I just I, I'm always interested to know if people think they have a high level of intuition or not. Uh, I know I do, and we can head into. The next subject if you like where i can talk about that instance uh, or one of the instances um which leads us on to something that we were going to talk about about working under pressure um yeah. it's like i you know who knows if i have a high level of intuition i think i do um 
But there was an instance a couple of years ago, or just under a couple of years ago, where my dad, my dad basically had quite a major heart attack. And the week leading up to it, there was just something off. He kept ringing me up and going, I don't feel good. And I was like, tell me how you feel. What do you feel? I just feel breathless. Anything else? No. And there was just one day when he rang me up and he was like, I don't feel like eating. I was like, okay, well, you've got a stomachache. What's going on? He's like, no, I just don't feel good. Just feel a bit breathless. And then he said this thing where he's like, so he's got a doggy who doesn't leave his side. And he was like, and the dog's not eating either. And he's not leaving my side. And that's when my spidey senses started to prick up a little bit more. And I was like, mm, that's a bit weird. I'm feeling a bit weird. And and that's when the intuition started to kick in. And good or bad, I could just, I can just kind of feel it in in my core if you like and it I just didn't feel right but I couldn't put my finger on it and let me be clear with this with my dad um his symptoms were not typical of what happens at an onset of a heart attack he was not there was no pain there was no radiation there was nothing through his jaw into his shoulder nothing apart from breathlessness that's all he had that's all we had to go on um but I just couldn't shake the feeling that something was wrong and I didn't know what it was. And I, for one second, I just couldn't, it didn't even think about his heart, even though, you know, he was on lots of medication, all that sort of stuff, like all his, everything that he went to, all his appointments with the doctor, he was fine. Blood pressure was fine, everything was fine. And then one day he was gonna pick up my mum about a week later. And at about four in the morning, I had about 10, 11 texts from my mum, phone calls saying, dad's collapsed, he's in the hospital. Um, and mum went to the hospital to see how he was. And they kind of basically took her into a room and like, look, it's dad, we put him into a coma, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, okay. And, and then for some reason she went home and then we went back during the day and the consultant came around and went, oh yeah, you've had a major heart attack. And... And he was shocked. We were all shocked. We were like, oh, okay, that's new because his symptoms did not present as they should. And so I guess it's a really important thing to say that, I don't know, I just had this instinct that there was something wrong, but I couldn't place it. But had I acted on those instincts and, I don't know, told dad not to go to the airport to pick my mum up and stay at home in bed, he would have died because had he not been at the airport at the time where they have like crash teams and they got him to a hospital within 20 minutes and they basically saved his life he wouldn't be here today so there because i beat myself up for ages about you should have trusted your instinct god damn you should have you should have done something about that but i think it played out as it should have so that was one thing but the other thing if i then move it on to working under pressure and this whole kind of pressure situation so my dad had a couple of uh, angiograms which is where they try and clear the blockages within the heart and after the second one we were all in the room with him people were milling around and he just wasn't right and I was watching his stats go up and down I could see his blood pressure fluctuating and his heart rate fluctuating I could see his respiratory stuff fluctuating and I was like, mm, and I was getting that weird instinct feeling and I was like, oh, something's not right, something's not right. And then he just started coughing and no one else was noticing it, but I just kept watching this graph and I was like, I'm really not happy about this, Right, this is the time to actually trust your instincts and do something about it. And it was just this whole thing of, 
it's now I've just got to do it now I've got to, I've got to tell someone and I've, I've got to like work the room and get everyone out so I just, <laughs> just and I'm not like this at all as a person I, I I've never had to be in this situation before but I just got up and went right you go over there you get out of the room you go over there you come here he needs a consultant now um get him in and within probably about two minutes the consultant was in administering quite a lot of IV to him and everything just started to come down and like tip back to normal he stopped coughing and he just started to like color came back to his face and all that so it was just a conversation that I thought we might have about um instinct first of all but also pressured situations and how you might be under pressure I didn't have I had no idea whether I would be like that or not like that's a high pressure situation where I could see my dad struggling and it's like you could, could potentially go into cardiac arrest because no one was noticing it and I was like I'm noticing I'm going to do something about that so it was like oh I do function well under high pressure situations um and I know that I do in work I have to have deadlines I quite like things like that but I've never really experienced a sort of threatening to life situation like that before and it was maybe reassuring to know that I trusted my instinct that time I knew what it felt like and I did something about it and thank god I did because it, I think it was it was fairly uh yeah important so, yeah yeah and your dad's doing well now he's fine yeah he's actually he's way better all throughout the covid time he's been fine and and healthy and actually because they cleared a blockage within his heart I think he's uh he's actually doing a lot better than he he has been for the last two years but I would really like to push that message out there that my dad has type 2 diabetes and um he didn't present with the normal symptoms because of the type 2 and he wasn't getting the radiating pain he wasn't getting any kind of symptoms like that it was purely that he had breathlessness and that wasn't enough for me to realize that he was like, he, he was basically having a heart attack for about a week and no one really picked up on it. So I think that's an important thing to say within the podcast and, and hopefully it just might help someone somewhere. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Some, yeah, some powerful stuff. Mm. Yeah, if you've got some contraindications and just know that it can look different, right? Yeah. They always will. And and that's the thing. When you see those symptoms online and they're like, oh, here's a checklist of what you need to look out for for a heart attack, it's not always that way. So if you feel like something's wrong either with your health or with someone close to you, you feel, and there's a weird instinct there, go and get it checked out. I, I definitely think that, that 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 was kind of my message within all of that as well. Yeah, for sure. That's no, great. And like when that, what did you notice kind of like descending upon you when you realized that you've got to act now like what zone did you enter what in in terms of emotion or, or what do you mean it's like uh, what zone did you enter to like mentally for you to just take control of that situation and have everything coordinated like, do you remember what that felt like? Do you remember yeah. what time felt like? Do you remember, yeah. were, you, were you aware of your actions or were you beside yourself? Like what was going on? Uh, that's, that's, that's a really good question. So I could feel it building up like a pressure in me. I just kept watching the screen. I could, it was almost like this time bomb. I could see all his stats going up and down and it was, it was making me feel agitated and stressed. And no one else was really figuring it out. And I just kept watching. I was watching my dad struggling and I kept going, are you okay? 
And it just got to a point where it's almost like I was about to have a panic attack or something. It was just making me really, really uncomfortable. And I was just like, now, no, this is not happening again. I'm not doing this again. And I just stood up and I didn't really know what I was doing. So it was almost out of body. I did not know what I was doing. I was like, I've just got to do something. And it's, it, and that's when, it, and it, it, I guess it's a bit like when I was performing, it's like now, and I just get cut very, very calm. And I was like, you need to go out there. You need to take and do that. And then you need to go out there and she needs to come in here. And it was, I don't know, it is a bit out of body for me. Um, and, but it was the panic rising and this very, very uncomfortable feeling of something's very wrong and I'm not happy. And before it overrode me, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do something. And I didn't know, you know, that point, there's always a moment where you're like, I'm not sure, or should I, or, or, and I just, it's almost like I overrode it. And I was like, no, I don't care if this is a stupid question. I don't care if people shout at me. I'd rather people shout at me than my dad go into arrest or something. So it was almost like the pressure overrode everything else, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. So you kind of like cross that threshold. Yeah. It's just a very, it sounds quite similar to what you described with when you would perform, like the yes. anticipation rises, rises, rises. You feel incredibly mm -hmm. nervous right before the moment um, you have to perform your solo and then mm -hmm. it kicks in and then you're just flowing. You're just in. The this was more uncomfortable. This was more, mm. I felt sick and, and, mm. and very uncomfortable and, and I obviously haven't prepared for it in any way, shape or form like I would have a performance. So yeah. it was just like, this is not going to happen again. You already you already felt your intuition and messed it up once. So this isn't happening again. And you can do something about this now. So mm. it was that's kind of what propelled me is that I mm -hmm. I've got to do something about this. So and when you kind of got into that state, was it just pure clarity mm -hmm. for you? Yeah. It's, it's almost like I just became bossy and I'm not a bossy person and I, I just I just took control of the room and I was like now you come here you need to get him in you need to do this and it's amazing however you are as a person when when something is threatening to you or someone you love like you will step up for sure so you know it's um it was interesting to see and it was just a question that I wanted to ask and for us to discuss on the podcast. It's like, how are you under pressure? Are you, do you step up in pressured situations? And it might not be that, that, that was quite life-threatening, let's face it, but in other like time crunches or deadlines or stressful situations, I don't know if you've ever been in one, but I, I know that we have in our martial arts, but I mean like a, a an unprecedented, yeah, life. And how were you in that? That was the first time that I've ever experienced that. So it was just a thought that came to me. Yeah, it's interesting because hearing you describe it is like, it sounds quite similar to um, getting into peak performing states is like there's something at stake, number one. Mm -hmm. So it, there's a sense of urgency attached to it. Yes. Um, uh, which can be you know, that's the, the stakes and the urgency can be the same thing or it can be separate. Um, but in your case, it was it was a similar sort of thing. So it's like the stakes, for example, is like if it's just in terms of your own performance is like it's a high stakes because the outcome means a lot to you. Mm -hmm. and there's a sense of urgency because there's a deadline. And in this way, it's like, OK, it's not really a deadline, but there's a sense of urgency here. Yes. And um, 
and then that frustration we talked about earlier which mm. is in, in your case is like that feeling that kind of like sick feeling that super agitation was just rising 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 mm. and that is a precursor to that level of performance and then you kind of crossed it cross this threshold where you um, where everything just melds into clarity and you yeah. don't really know what you're doing but you're doing it and that sounds like the flow state you know you just yeah. you're not you're not really aware of time you're just aware of performing the the thing that you need to perform and yeah. uh, and pulling it off and yeah so because the reason i say that is is um there there's there's the similarities there because those are kind of like the conditions which are required for performing at a high level or just performing mm -hmm. well or like if you're looking if somebody is looking for um you know productivity improvement for example it's like you just want to get better at the thing that you like to do yeah then those are some of the conditions that are required for that uh f for you to actually uh go about achieving that thing and achieving it well and learning learning to do that thing well so you can uh, execute it on the when when you're required to execute it mm -hmm. which is um yeah which is interesting um yeah it's amazing to be able to find like you know the the links between all these kinds of like different different kinds of situations yeah definitely but, um i think because i mean from a from a personal level when i was like back in corporate and mm -hmm. um I, st I started realizing that I didn't actually, before I really realized that I didn't want to be there, my performance was already starting to wane. And I was like, really? yeah, I was just like, I was just on a bit of a downward trend and I was just uh, fe feeling secure and not doing as much work as I should have been doing. Oh, so and, it was performance uh, related. You just weren't putting yeah. in the work. Is that what it was? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, obviously because there's some metrics I need to be achieved in a, corporate environment got picked up on and mm. then got and then I got set a ludicrous target to achieve um which was hey you got to do this basically and uh and I was like all right fine I'll just do it I had like five weeks I think to execute on this thing and it's like and it just because we were a holding company which meant we had subsidiary companies underneath us Right. Um, I, I had to do all the work that was coming in from the subsidiary companies. If I didn't do them, they're fucked, not just us as well. Right? Oh, wow. Okay. So, That's pressure. Uh, That's some serious yeah. pressure. Yeah. But it, you know what? It's like, I didn't even notice that. It was just more like when I got called on it, I realized, oh, yeah, I can't, I can't just coast and uh, coast my days out of here. And, mm. um, and it was more like, all right, well, I'm just going to, it was just this strange sensation of like, Right, well, you set me a ludicrous target. I'm just going to fucking do it. <laughs> I'm just Bring it. And, like, that's what's going to happen. And then when I hit it, it was a surprise because apparently they were like, if you got 80% of the way there, we would have been like, amazing, well done. But I did the whole thing. Wow. I, do, I got 100% of the work in. And um, so they were like, shit, okay. You, when you put your mind to it, you can actually do this. You can actually do and, stuff. Yeah. And... Um, and so the lesson there is like, you know, I was too dumb to realize this 10 years ago, but in, in the sense that I was like, I mean, I wouldn't have found myself in that position if I knew exactly what the process was to actually do well with myself. But, yeah. um, 
but but also i mean like there's there's different there's different uh, situation going on there i, was like, I just don't want to be there right it was like yeah. i realized like i'm not going to be doing this job so i don't want this life i want something else so obviously there's there's that hanging over me but yeah but ultimately when it mattered like i i pulled through uh, a lot more than was expected but if you think about what that took it was a deadline there yeah. was a sense of urge there was a sense of urgency and um that created the pressure to perform and what that does is gives you that focus yes um and your and you just yeah and that puts you in that state of getting shit done oviate focus isn't it yeah so you just end up realizing that actually i'm capable of a hell of a lot more than i ever let myself believe and um so you know it comes comes back into the line of work that we're in but also for people in general is um if you, you know if you're like struggling if you're just like dilly-dallying around a bit mm. you're struggling to become uh productive on something which you you say you value then create a sense of urgency around it create That's a really good idea yeah create a sense of urgency mm. around it by creating a deadline make that deadline mean something by attaching some sort of meaning to it it's like some one thing that people like to do is on that like on the day that I've said I'm going to complete this task by is to um I'm going to donate some cash to an organization that I absolutely hate if I don't get it done <laughs> I like that so it's, it's like oh set, no yeah yeah exactly so it's like it's set to go out if I haven't achieved this and That's brilliant. Um, yeah or you know reverse uh, the other way you can do two things you can like do something which would make you make your screen crawl and uh, the other way which is re- reward yeah. yourself as well you know is like uh, make it as intrinsic as possible yeah. but you could obviously like throw in an external reward in there as well so you know you make that outcome mean something more than just achieving the outcome and um that deadline that sense of urgency um when that kind of constraint is placed on you um depends on the extent of it but the the constraint can instead of being overwhelming can really help you focus and uh, achieve. Mm. So knowing what you know now and I'm just trying to put this into words so you weren't doing that deadline for you that was your job how did you mm. feel once you completed that deadline were you like yeah piece of cake do were you were you happy were you were you just like mm, actually i'm not that bothered i'm not happy where i am did that kind of propel you to think that actually maybe you need to change things up no i was only i only realized how big the target was when um when i got told is like we we would have been extremely happy if you got 80% of the work done right. so the fact that you got that done I was like oh shit okay that's amazing and it was also for fear of losing a job and not having anything mm. to fall back on. Well, yeah, okay. It, yeah, it's more like yeah, it's just I don't want to I don't want to be I don't want to be let go. I don't want to have that be the thing, you know. Mm. Um in a way it's like I never really cared about that, but it was also but I guess maybe there was a sense of pride there is like just don't no one wants to be fired or or leave yeah. a job do you know what I mean for that yeah. it's like you, you wouldn't yeah. want that uh, I think yeah. So. yeah well if but if you think if you think about like you know I'm I'm more reflective now uh, than I was yeah. then and you know 
as a consequence of realizing that I need to change my career, I started to become a hell of a lot more reflective. So all of that stuff was really, really important for my development. Mm, but fine. if, um, but yeah, looking back on it, if I didn't achieve that and I got pushed out the door and mm. I've got this thing hanging over me, weighing more on me, which is, you know, when push comes to shove, you can't do this thing, you know, you can't do it. And and so, whereas it's the other way instead for me is like when push comes to shove, I was like, I can fucking do this. I don't care what's in my way. I will do yeah. this. Oh, yeah, and, you definitely um, showed that. I wondered yeah. if you hadn't and, done and, it. I was yeah. just going to say, if you, if you hadn't have done it, would you have proved it later on as well? You know, that you could, well, have, yeah. done, could have gone both ways. Well, yeah, that's the thing, because it would have been, it would have been more... I think it would have been more difficult to achieve. It's like it's still achievable because we were talking about it earlier. It's like you're not mm. a victim. You have things in your control. But I think I would have, I probably would have had a greater sense of doubt. Um, and, you know, doubt is, doubt kills your motivation. So it's very, it would right. have been very, it would have been harder to overcome. But it, um, yeah, who knows? It's like, would I be, would, would I be like sitting here, chatting, mm. standing here chatting to you right now? doing this podcast like i don't know it's like it's just even though it's like it's one, know, isn't it? it's, one, yeah. it's like it's one small event in the scope of my life but at the same time it has it has a big bearing and uh, but like since then i have in those push cuffs shove crunch moments back against the wall times is like i've shown that i can come out of it better on the other side yeah. like every time there you go i think there's just yeah i mean it could it could be a learned thing but it's also there's a stubbornness there as well i think i'm just mm -hmm. like, fuck that i'm not gonna let that dictate me i'm in control no, of that's definitely a personality trait I, I don't think everyone has that fuck it no i think you know that's definitely mm. a, a a characteristic yeah. of you i think of yeah. me as well actually it's like mm. now but that i'm not gonna let that get to me yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna ride oh, through this <laughs> yeah that's right i mean like interestingly you know because you know we were reading um uh blueprint the uh DNA makes us who we are by Robert Plowman. You I, were reading Blueprint. I was, I was uh, moaning about yeah, Blueprint. Yeah, yeah, I'm bored of this. This is shit. And I was like, yeah, there's a lot of problems with this book. But I mean, if there's one thing, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, the reason why I remind you, know, there's a bunch of things about it. But um, one of the things is like, you know, essentially is like on average 50% of our uh, traits, our personality traits are like genetically inherited, right? Is the, is the, uh, is the theory and so like i know what my mm. like i know especially my mom is like if somebody tells her that she can't do something she's like nope I'm oh doing nice it. <laughs> i do not care <laughs> i love and, it um yeah so is uh, which which is which is fantastic you know so it's basically is kind of i guess it's ingrained in me and it's just yeah. um, the environment i've been in has allowed that to come through as well yeah. instead of instead of uh, being shut down so yeah so there's there is a genetic component to the personality trait but um interesting but yeah but at the same time you know environment does have a bearing yeah. on how we how we behave and how we how we act so i don't know maybe I if i didn't do it that time maybe would have made it made it less likely for the genetic trait to come through let's <laughs> say who knows? We can't tell, knows? but exactly. well done for you we for should. doing it. It sounds like you actually just yeah. smashed it and excelled and they were like, oh, um, yeah. which must have felt amazing. Yeah, that must have felt amazing. Well, which is nice. It's like, I didn't even know. I just thought, <laughs> all right, well, I've got to get this thing done. Didn't realize it was a ridiculous target. I just did it. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. They were like, oh, okay, Neo, right. Yeah. <laughs>
a geo. <laughs> geo, the one yeah. in certain situations and a certain location. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Certain situations, certain conditions, certain locations, certain time. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, that's it. That was limited that was time only. Yeah, that was like one of the four times. <laughs> in my life. Yeah, exactly. In my life. And probably one of the other times was when I was a baby. So, <laughs> you know. Like, you're, uh, you're a bit, yeah. God. That's, no, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So it's interesting um, seeing how, like, you know, the different kinds of stressful situations, you know, you're talking about life or death. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about career suicide or not. Yeah, um, similar though. When... It's, well, it yeah, all has its that's, that's bearing, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the point. Is like you can find, you can find the processes that are the same in all these different different scenarios. Mm -hmm. And for people trying to achieve a goal, is like whatever that health and fitness goal is, is um, there's a, there's a process which uh, uh, gets you to the place that you want to be, yeah. with a greater chance of success than not following that process because you can you can think about it you know it's like you know how long could somebody be saying is like oh i just need to i need to get out of back pain i'm just gonna make it happen and then a very long you know, you time. Do this, yeah you do this one thing half fast and you do another thing half fast you're like okay well maybe if i just you know foam roll this and things will be okay or maybe i'll just do this one exercise mm. or maybe i'll just take this and it's like well if you don't set a clear path to your success and um and cut and and create that sense of urgency around it makes it, it yeah it makes sense that you're going to be hanging around in pain for a while but then you know you, mm -hmm. especially you is like you've get you get a ton of people coming your way who have dealt with it for the longest time and also have gone through every other kind of therapy and it's not worked for them it's been years and then you made yeah. it work for them and because you know that could be a part of i think of the yeah Absolutely. I mean, you must have it as well. Where I get a lot of this is a last resort. This is this is my my only hope um, before surgery, and you must have that as well. Um, and it's great, but it's also it's it, it is sad at the same time. But I, I I am I'm like I'm so glad you're here before you're doing surgery. And then I think it is important to explain that it's not a quick fix. It's going to take some time. Absolutely. You've got to stick with it. I'm really glad that you've hired a professional to do it. You know, actually getting help, which I think we've talked about before, getting help with something and professional help is important because not only do they guide you or we guide you through that process and we know what we're doing, but also it gives you that those small goals each week to stick to as well. So us as as part of someone's rehab, I think is really key because it it helps them to stick within that goal setting. Um, and and hopefully we can say try not to look at the bigger picture. Yes, there are ups and downs, um, but you know just having someone doing it for you i think is obviously not doing it for you but giving you the tools to help yourself is really important i couldn't do it on my own i'd go to someone if, if i if i hurt my back yes i'd know what to do but actually having someone put something in place for me and devise a plan and helping me get through it is is invaluable yeah uh, you know you just I, I think, yeah you kind of have to 
I mean, you have to remove yourself from the uh, equation a little bit in that sense because mm -hmm. I mean, you can you, you're you're living with it, you're in it, so you have your. It can be. It is difficult to know. Like I'm talking about you as a person who is an expert in helping people out of back pain, right? Mm -hmm. But even for yourself, when you get it, it's like, well, I need to I need to step outside of myself because yeah. I can. I can bias what I think is going on because it's me. Yep. So I need somebody else to look at it and they'll look at it and be like, oh, that's what's going on. Okay, yeah, cool. Exactly. And then that's really helpful. And then for people, especially who's like, they're not experts, the only thing uh, they know about is the pain that they're experiencing is like, go and hire somebody who's going to make your job easier to, to achieve this. And to get that goal. It's, yeah, it's not a question of expense, it's a question of value because at the end of the day, when you're there, how what's your life going to feel like it's going to it's a priceless outcome that you're going for yeah i agree um and something as you were saying that it made me think of something else but i think it might have gone so no i can't remember sorry it's gone hmm. carry on <laughs> happens it's going to happen at least once a podcast <laughs> generally yeah <laughs> yeah uh, what was the next thing we we're going to talk about that was, um, oh, you said, yeah, so pressure. Oh, you said something about perception and reality. You had an example yes, about that. I did. I did. And actually, it was something that I was reading the other day about whether you drink alcohol or not. Um, we, could, we could relate it to anything. So it's perception is not reality. It's perception is your reality. So if you are not drinking, for example, and you go to an event, you're probably going to notice more people that aren't drinking, maybe, or you know, you're going to notice different things to versus when you are drinking. Or, for example, when we read a book, the same book, we get different things from it because our perception of it is different because of our history, our backgrounds, everything. So it it was this whole idea of. Perception isn't reality. The way we perceive things isn't necessarily reality. It's our reality because of our experiences and, and our beliefs and, and how we are as a person. So it was just based on that, really, and, and wanted to discuss it. Hmm. What, are you, what are you hoping to get out of it? I want to figure out. Whether, whether that's right, Um what you think about that so say we were at the same event whatever the event is we're going to pick up on different things right because we have different interests or we think a different way and i guess it is just this whole perception of reality it's like everyone's reality is going to be different because everyone's had different experiences. And so I'm not really hoping to get anything out of it. I just, I thought it was an interesting idea. It's like, oh yeah, I haven't really thought of it like that, but it's true. It's like the way I think about things, it's gonna be marked by, or how I approach things is gonna be marked by how I think about things and how I've been brought up and my environment and what I've studied and what I haven't studied. and even down to how I train, what I eat, how I sleep, like everything is going to have an effect on my perception of reality. And I guess I just wanted your thoughts on it. It's like, what do you think? Okay, we went to the same event or we experienced the same thing. 
are we going to come away with different things? Or is it going to be like, oh, yeah, it's exactly the same. Oh, yeah, we watch the same film and we come away with different things. Yeah. And I just thought it was an interesting concept. It's like, yeah, I agree with that. And, yeah, tell me. Tell you. Tell me. <laughs> tell me. Tell me, oh, oh guru. A wise one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, fully. Perception is not reality. It's just a slither of reality, but then a slither of reality that is distorted by the way you approach the world. Yes. So it's, um, well, let's put it this way. Your, your brain is taking in literally millions and millions and millions of bits of information mm -hmm. every second from your senses, from touch, sound, sight, taste, smell, yeah. to name the five main senses as well but then yeah. obviously you know you've got interoception is like stuff coming from within the body mm -hmm. um it's taking in all that information but it's really it's just getting rid of almost all of it and making mm -hmm. you pay attention to small like it's just infinitesimally small amount of it yeah um so you're basically discarding most of reality every single second of the day and only paying attention to the things that are salient to you. Mm -hmm. What do you want to pay attention to? So a good one is, is like, you know, you could be walking down a street, you don't notice um, you're in a busy street, there's mm. cars going past constantly, but you're not really paying attention to, you know, the colors of the cars. It's just like this stream of cars going by, you don't really notice. But then as soon as you stay to, as soon as you tell yourself, okay, pay it like yellow cars, you start yeah. seeing yellow cars everywhere, right? Yeah. And then if you switch that and you start saying, okay, I'm gonna pay attention to red cars, you don't notice the yellow cars anymore, you're just gonna see the red cars. Yeah. So, um, and is that great experiment of um, two, two different teams, like, you know, one white team, one blue team or something like that. And uh, mm -hmm. they're just, um, the two teams are passing a basketball between them, right? So blue team's passing a basketball between them, white team's passing a basketball between them, but they're all like mingling around. And then in, the middle of all this like you're told to follow a basketball you're like mm -hmm. okay pay attention to what's happening to the basketball and um so you're paying attention you're just looking at where the basketball is going and making sure you pay attention and then unbeknownst to you there's a person dressed as an ape that That's dances it, yeah. across the screen yeah and um so everybody that when the experiment's over they ask the people who participated like you know how many passes were made between the blue team and then between the white team, we were like, everybody's like throwing out the numbers and like, okay, cool. Did you notice the ape go past the screen? Everybody's like, what? No. <laughs> yeah, it's like they didn't. It wasn't important to them. So that wasn't, you, they could not be convinced that that had happened as well. Mm. So you blanked it out even though it was real. It was a thing that happened. Yeah. So your perception is not reality, right? It's so an attention thing, were, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, literally the salience network in the brain, right? It's like, this is what it's paying attention to. You pay, it's paying attention to the things that are in line with your values, are in line with your immediate goals, like, you know, what you're seeking right now. It's just, a, yeah. like, again, another simple example. You're just going shopping. It's like, okay, I need to buy some eggs. You know, you're looking at the, and you're in this place where you don't really know. So all you're doing is like darting between areas just to find the eggs and you just don't even realize that you walk past the, the chocolate aisle, which always gets you. Uh, yeah. I guess you're salivating, you know, but you're not paying attention to that because you just want the eggs. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's yeah, your your perception of the world is a distortion of real of a slither of reality.
it's your reality yeah and um, um so uh, it can yeah it was the things that you're saying it's going to get shaped by you know first of all kind of like your uh, your genetic influence um your yes. environment the experiences that you have the things that you expose yourself to it's um and even then it's just never going to explain everything around you I mean, no. you have it says that's why it's like kind of it's also the reason the the brain does that is for the sake of your sanity otherwise you're overwhelmed with information yeah. and uh, you don't know what to do with it um so it's amazing that we have this capacity to take in all this information but we're doing away with it because we're kind of not able to handle it <laughs> which is which is yeah. amazing in a way it's kind of like why do we have it is amazing all the information then yeah but um, yeah. because I guess I guess because uh, you know your salience changes I guess is uh, is the reason why you can get all these millions of bits of information you're paying attention to like seven bits in your conscious mind, but um, those seven bits can be entirely different if all of a sudden your life is threatened. So you don't need to pay attention to um, what your phone is saying. You need to pay attention to getting the fuck out of the situation. And, yeah, exactly. Um, and so that's that might be why, but um, that's pure speculation. I don't really know, but. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, there was something else I was going to say about that, but I kind of forgot. So that's okay. And isn't it interesting that you can change your reality at any given moment that you want? It's mm. like okay, so I'll give you the example that I was talking about. So if you're not drinking, you're going to maybe notice more people that are not drinking. Had I not given up alcohol, then I probably wouldn't have even had that. So it's almost that thing of you can change your attention, your reality at any given moment, right? If you turn around and went, oh, look at all the yellow cars, that you'd instantly change my attention, my reality. Whereas, it, and 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 I love, I love that, and I and I I feel like I need to read a little bit more into all of that um, because that, that a lot of what you were saying is is from Livewide as well, isn't it? The the book by um, oh, who's Livewide? By e I forgot. David Eagleman. Thank you, Eagleman. Mm. Um, and I really like the idea that you, you can, you create your reality, you can change it at any time, you can change your attention and your focus at any time. Um, it's what you give your energy and focus to, isn't it? So like you say, instead of going for the chocolate, you were so fixated on getting the eggs that you walked right past it, or maybe you were on a time crunch, or maybe inside you into reception, you were, you know, you were trying to get somewhere so you completely ignored so you didn't pick up on those messages that normally you would have if you were slower um and you maybe would have gone to the chocolate aisle and got loads of chocolate if you were me so um it, it, it is that whole concept of reality and it changing all the time and it is based on our perception and two people could be sat in my studio and experiencing the experience, and I know this because because I'm the teacher and this is my studio. I experience this very differently to someone coming in and having a session for the first time. Um, and then, and also, it was a bit like what we were talking about earlier. It's like trying to get to know someone and sussing them out and being intuitive about them. And and you can almost tell that moment when someone like this reality is normal and they're comfortable within this reality and they're used to it and they know what I'm about. And and that's when you almost start to gel at the same time as well. So. Yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that, but it is that that whole idea of like, I suppose I'm in here, I'm the teacher, I know what's going to happen, you're the client, you've just come in here, you don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to have an exchange, and then you're going to know what's going to happen, and then your reality is going to change, 
because you'll yeah. then have that knowledge and you'll have that attention and 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 that's going to then change for you so i suppose in terms of like treating people and and having them come in here for back pain that initial moment is tricky and then and then the system calms down and they're 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 more within this this environment i guess yeah mm-hmm. yeah so um, another thing that made me think of was um yeah that's where i was yeah now it just came to me you remember now (laughs) yeah after like after you spat out about other people um that's that's what i was going to say is like the millions of bits of information are being done away with thrown out in the trash in somewhere else in your brain so that you could um stay sane and that's why you kind of end up um Part of, it could be part of the reason why you end up hanging around with uh, like-minded people, why you need to hang around mm-hmm. with like-minded people as well. Because if it's too different uh, all the time, it's um, it's probably just going to it's going to drive you a bit crazy. So, but also it might not it, it just might not sit well within your reality, and that's what I mean about changing your reality as well. If like if you've learned something or you've changed something within your lifestyle, and you're suddenly hanging around people that maybe don't resonate with that anymore, that the perception of reality is going to change for you and you're mm. suddenly going to be like, mm, I'm not sure. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's what I mean as well. So yeah, absolutely. Hanging around with like-minded people mm. and it changes all the time. But I, 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 I still have lots of friends that drink, but I'm less likely to go out with them regularly and more likely to do things like training because I feel more comfortable within that environment. That's my yeah. reality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's like it's good to be exposed to people who act differently and think differently to you. But um, Massively, if that's yeah. yeah, if that's the only way that you behave, it's kind of destabilizing as well. Mm-hmm. It's just it's like oh shit, there's there's too much other information here. It's like I'm not yeah. getting like uh, you kind of yeah. It's like we have a confirmation bias for a reason. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we kind of need confirmation that what we're doing is is okay. It's like, so even though it's a bias that can land us in hot water, it's, it's an important bias because it helps us to survive. I mean, any bias that we have is there to help us to survive. So, yeah, it's fascinating to think that, um, I, think it's, I think it's an important thing to have a handle on, to realize that whatever we're experiencing is just this perception, is just uh, is a perception of reality, which is... A distortion of a slither of reality. Um, Nuts, is isn't the, it? Though it's, it's, yeah, it's the only is the only way I can think of it. Because I mean, there are things that right. are at the end of the day. There are things that are truths. Is like mm. I'm sure there are like there's objective truths. The extent that you know we can acknowledge without having to really think about it that you're a human being and I'm a human being. We are from the same species. Yes. That is like that's just true. Like yeah, probably to that's the best facts. level. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's a, there's that is a, a law, isn't it? Really, yeah, yeah. That's a fact that we can't really dispute. Um, but uh, but in terms of how you live your life, for example, yeah, that's that's um, you can that's like changing, yeah, changing your reality. And you can do it at any given moment, mm. which I actually think exactly. is a, a line from Vanilla Sky to round it off nicely. <laughs> You oh, can yeah. change some what is it? Oh, you can change your life at any given moment or something, oh, yeah. something like Penel- that. Uh, Penelope Cruz, yeah, she said it. She said it to him. She said it to uh, Tom Cruise's character at one point, yeah. right? Yeah. She said, um, 
Yeah, David I can't Ames. Remember the scene now. David Ames, yeah. Can't remember the scene. It's, it's a chance for us to turn it around. Like it was, it's when they just start, they meet and they're in her yeah. apartment. She's like, every moment is a chance oh, yes, for you to turn it around or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And then, uh, yeah. And she goes, so when did that happen to you? And she was like, about five minutes ago. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good it. bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's it. And yeah, it kind of ties in with that as well, because what did he do yeah. in Vanilla Sky? He was trying to create his own reality, right? Which was indeed. wasn't which wasn't conducive to a healthy, a healthy mind in the end. No. Hmm. But, you know, that whole idea of being put to sleep and having dreams implemented into your brain, that's a, that's mm. a knotty concept and a whole other conversation, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Would you do it? Yeah. Would I do it? Nah, fuck it, just die, man. <laughs> just die. Just go. Let's just see yeah. what happens. I don't want to live yeah. on forever. Oh. Yeah, exactly. That's like, that's an enticing proposition for a short period of time. You're like, all right, yeah, yeah. that'll be great. Let's just see what it see how long I can live and then you're just like oh I'm so bored now it's, it could, it's, I'm I, done well think of uh, think of Groundhog Day is, no uh, is Bill do you know how long he like, was supposed to be in there do you know how long I, I think I sadly looked it up do you know how long he lasted in Groundhog Day well, it's something like 10,000 years right oh no I thought it was like 47 years okay I don't know how oh I don't know like, they, it's not no. it's not even like it's uh, well, it's not even like it's uh, explicitly said in the movie. I don't even think there's no. any way for you to be able to work it out. But, I think I googled um, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody just made that number up. It's, I know. This is like, just can't be true. Um, I can't do Groundhog like, Day. That would be too much. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, yeah. It's 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 interesting. It's an interesting proposition, right? It's like just doing the same thing over and over again, but find like what he did, you know, you're just like yeah, finding yeah. a different speck of the day to do something yeah. different. So he learned how to throw cards for like six months. Play the piano. I thought that was Play great. Piano, learn French, like all these different languages that like, you can, but the thing is your interactions are always the same. Like they don't change because everybody else is the I same. Agree. So it's like you've, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he says a great line in there as well, which is, you know, maybe God isn't om um, omniscient. Maybe he's just been around long enough to know everything that's going to happen. That's <laughs> and, a good line, and, isn't it? Yeah, it's such a, it's yeah. such a good line because you, yeah. you just go, yeah, I mean, that's what experience is, right? You start yeah. to get older and uh, you start to be like, oh, yeah, I know where this is going. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know how for, this is going to play out, yeah. Yeah, you just have like, had, you've had enough experience, you know, you grounded your thinking and everything in some like base principles and you're just like, Oh, okay, this is how that usually ends up working. Yeah. yeah. And although it's, it's frustrating maybe to people that haven't had that experience, so like, how do you know? How do you know? It's like, just trust me, I've, I've had the benefit of that experience to know that this is how it's going to pan out. But you have yeah. to go through the experience to get to where I am. So carry on. Yeah. yeah. And then it'll be like, oh, my God, Judy's all-knowing. She knew this would happen. <laughs> She's been around yeah, too long. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I've had, it's like, it's unglamorous when you find out the truth. It always is. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's always totally. unglamorous. It's like, how Got a long experience. Like, yeah, just, just yeah, do. exactly. Been through it, been through it. And then, been there, done that. Uh, yeah, that's it. It's the same with uh, training. It's just, it's always yeah. going to be the same. It's like, you want a result? All right, you've got to do the unglamorous shit. Just keep hustling away and it's going to come your way. That's very good advice. Just got to keep doing it. Might be boring, yeah. but yeah. Good one to leave it on, yeah? Yeah. Nice one. Thanks for joining me again today, Juju. 
Jiu You're welcome. Today. Thank Bushido. you for Bushido. 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 Yeah. It's like, um, thank you to everyone for tuning in. Um, really appreciate everybody listening. Our numbers are growing. And uh, so I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for sharing the podcast. Um, please continue sharing the podcast with people that you know. Um, we want to get the word out there. If you're finding value in the conversation, send it to other people. Plus, uh, feel free to drop us a rating and review on uh, Apple Podcasts because that helps us to generate uh, uh, generate more uh, more listenership as well so please subscribe to the show leave a rating um, and send it to other people it really helps us out and we'd love to hear from you as well so if you've got some thoughts on what we discussed in this episode um, if you want a personalized rocky message then please, then we can arrange that, that. <laughs> yeah. we can arrange that so uh, yeah we appreciate you guys shooting in and uh, we'll s- see you next time bye